and welcome to the Capacity Creator Podcast. I'm Melanie Sadka. In each episode, you'll hear about the many successes, struggles, and advice on how to respect your capacity. You can subscribe at Melanie Sadka, like vodka with an S.com, or come see me on Instagram. Or you can visit my Facebook page called Capacity Creator. In this episode, I sit down with Kelly Hoey. I first met Kelly when I heard her speak in Hamilton about networking. Now, I already knew the importance of networking, but she had such a cool spin on it. So I asked her to sit down with me and talk about capacity. We talk about a yes me fund. And do you have one? If you don't, you're gonna wanna get one. We talk about side hustles and how it's shaping the aspiration of ownership. We also talk about generations and how our decisions are driven by what others want. Finally, she shares the secrets of the three assets in life. You're not going to want to miss this one. So thank you so much for accepting to be on this podcast I'm calling The Capacity Creator. Excellent. Whenever you're ready to start, let's dive in. Let's dive in. All right. Well, I am just going to tell our listeners a little bit about you, and then we can get going on talking about capacity and all of the great things that you're doing. And I'd love to know a little bit more about your experiences with managing and abusing capacity. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Kelly, again, I'm thrilled that you're here. And, um, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting you and dining with you and sharing a couple of laughs. And um, your personality was extremely welcoming and contagious. And so it's, uh, again, it's, it's a real pleasure to have you. So thank you. you. You're welcome. You are an author of Build Your Dream Network. You are a networking expert, an angel investor, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yes, a lot of things. And you know, it's interesting is that you carry so many titles, but when I saw you, one of the things that stuck when you spoke to the audience was mind your LinkedIn titles. Make sure yes. they are succinct. Um, maybe you can share a little bit more about all of your titles and what's important on that LinkedIn title. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, thank you, and that all that all that background because I it's it's interesting. I started my career as an attorney and uh, really expected to have a much more linear career, and realizing that skill sets and interests. Um, networks, people, opportunities can create new career paths. Uh, but when people do ask, what do I do? I tell them one thing. I am the author of a book. Uh, that is sort of the one focus I have right now. Is there other places and ways that I spread the message that is in the book and the, the networking philosophy that, you know, I espouse. Yes, I do that through speaking. I do that through writing for publications like Forbes and on the Go Banking Rates blog. Do I do that through public speaking? Yes. Do I do that through Twitter and all of those other things? Um, yeah, uh, that's that sort of for me is sort of the activity um, of how it is that I showcase what it is that I know and the one thing that I'm focused on. Because you're right, if we are holding out to the world, if we are networking out to the world too many things, people don't know what to send you. Yes. And you 
And because it's sort of like, do you want to be, you know, and I had this with a, 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 someone who attended a speaking event I did at the New York Public Library. He was an attorney, but he was also a photographer. And, and he was telling me how he networked in different places and different things. I just looked at him and said, I'm really confused. Do you want photography work or legal work? <laughs> like, like, like well, what am I supposed to send you? So I think that's, you have to be really clear that maybe things you're having to do as a side hustle. There may be things that you're, yeah, I, I know an attorney who, you listen, she can do wills and estates. She can do standard divorces. But you know what she really likes to do? Mediating in, um, I want to say, divorce and marital disputes. Mediating so that there is resolution with respect to their pets. She's like the pet mediator. Oh. Now, can she do all? She can she do all those other kinds of things? Of course, but she focuses her marketing and what she talks about on the one thing she really loves to do. I I absolutely find that refreshing because <laughs> you know you look at people's LinkedIn profiles right now and there's 80 things. I am so guilty of it right now. So I'm still crafting that title. So that will be done very shortly. But yeah, I mean, there's so many things that I really do enjoy doing and that I am doing, but you're right. Those are activities of how I showcase what I do. But right. So find find that one thing, find the bullseye, think of darts. Yes. Think of darts. And you're not firing all over the place. You're firing to the center. And what happens if you miss the bullseye? There's a radius of other places where you can score really highly. So think of it like darts, right? What's the bullseye you really want? And if someone says, oh, you're an attorney and you do pet mediation and divorces, do you do regular divorces? Yeah, I do regular divorce stuff as well. I mean, you're still within the radius, but you're really yeah. telling them what, like, what, what really gets you out of bed and rocking your day every day. That's so true. And there's such an element of trust in letting people ask the questions, like not giving or feeding everybody all the information and being this walking billboard of what you do and everything you do. But the thing that you like to do and maybe that you're the best at, let people naturally be curious about that. And I think that's, you know, what you also try and teach people is, that's part of networking. That's part of sharing your story and exchanging experiences. Absolutely. And, you know, sort of, the, I think of it in all the pieces that come together in terms of what you're holding out to the world, in terms of who you are, how you, how you choose and want to interact, um, what other people are saying about you, uh, what it is that, you know, you make happen and what do you want to make happen for yourself and thinking thinking about every single touch point and interaction that you have from your LinkedIn profile to how you show up, you know, at class or for volunteering or your part-time job or whatever it is. And someone may talk about you. Here's the other point on the list. Someone may say, oh my God, here's the person you need to hire or you should really get to know that you know, word of mouth recommendation is going to be reinforced or um, diminished as the case may be based on what people find online. You're right. It's helping people understand who you are and how to introduce you or how to find you and or to connect you to other people and vice versa. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I mean, like one of the things you pointed out was, um, Yes, I do early stage investing, but I'm very much um, that's that's 
important thing for me to tell people I'm involved doing, but I'm not, it's not active at the forefront of my activities right now. And it's interesting to me because, you know, I'm very, very clear on that, why I chose to invest in early stage companies, why I chose to step back from being an active day-to-day investor, um, where I'm investing, why I'm doing that. It's, it's important for me to, to still hold that out and be very visible. But it's also really interesting to me when um, clearly someone hasn't read like almost like the the billboard that I have out there in the world and, and they're in my face trying to pitch me an investment. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. Even if I did want to help you've, you've, you've knocked yourself down. That's right. <laughs> because, because you haven't like used the information that I hope is clear and out there. Um, otherwise, gosh, I'm going to read my own book again and follow my own advice. <laughs> Your book is fantastic, by the way. I uh, I've had a chance to to get through most of it um, because I just saw you not too long ago, and I'm loving the strategies that shape the book. And there was one that resonated with me um, quite a bit, and um, it's the one about eliminating FOMO by keeping your efforts focused. And I think it resonated with me the most because we're so scattered, and you know this this capacity creator podcast and the brand and the tools and the resources that I'm that I'm creating to help people respect their capacity really a lot of the times I find that the the FOMO the fear of missing out drives people to scatter themselves in too many places right so now they're overcommitted they're overextended and it all comes back to missing out yeah and I think you know what listen it's no if, if you don't regret like missing something or being unable to connect with some people or attend something on behalf of someone else or you know, whatever, if we don't experience those human emotions, then, you know, I'd really be checking your pulse and seeing what's going on. But you're hitting on the right one. FOMO is something, it, it, it leads to kind of, I don't know, which of the seven deadly sins, but it, it, you know, it's, it's the wrong end of that emotional spectrum of regret and disappointment. It is something that is wrapped in, um, envy and our worst insecurities rather than saying, God, the date doesn't work for me. Right. Oh my God. That's beautifully said. Yeah, it is is envy and insecurity. That's exactly where it's rooted in. And so I think as soon as you know what your focus is and what you need to be saying yes to, when a date or an opportunity doesn't work, you can, you can experience the real human emotion of, you know, I'm really disappointed. I can't make it. You, you can, you know, decline an invitation and you can do it with the kindness and the consideration and the grace that, you know, we would like to have in return if we were planning something. But if you don't have that focus in terms of how and when you can show up most authentically and why you know you want to engage, then yeah, you're, you're the, that sort of superficial person, you know, you're, you're sort of the, the worst of, you know, you bring out the worst, it brings out the worst in all kind of, you know, human nature, um, both, you know, wanting to be seen and being be and be somewhere and, you know, get the selfie and then leave. And that's kind of superficial and fake 
or you're, you know, you're accepting all these invitations, never showing up, and then you're diminishing your reputation. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of reasons, including, you know, the mind chatter in your own head that gets really quiet. Absolutely. <laughs> it, goes, it goes away when you know why you're making the choices you're making. Well, and that's, it's absolutely right, is when you can slap a mouth guard on that negative talking saboteur, um, it's because you've shut it down with knowing your why. And again, you wrote about that so beautifully and so with such articulation in terms of really understanding the why. And there's a great diagram on page 31, just prompting people to think about the questions. Why am I doing this versus that? Um, Why did I pay to attend this? Um, why was this a good idea? And, and really challenging ourselves to constantly think about that. And I think that's just, it's a mindfulness practice that we could rely on to be more discerning. And it becomes more habitual and it becomes a lot easier with time. But we don't, I don't think a lot of us practice that enough. Well, and I, you know what, I love the way you put it in terms of a uh, mindfulness practice of being more discerning. Uh, if if that doesn't resonate with people, then, you know, as I often say, you know, tap into your inner two-year-old and just every time someone asks you to do something or, or send you an invitation, just kind of go, why, 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 why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting over that stage now too, so I can't say I miss it, but maybe I should go back, pay more attention. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yes. And the inner two-year-old also, right, is, is almost like drives that fear of missing out, which, is, which, which happens there. I want to talk about another uh, form of capacity uh, with my listeners, because as an angel investor, um, you know, that is something that, to be honest and transparent, I would love to be in that position one day. I mean, I work with entrepreneurs right now, and I give free advice. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not able to extend funds or investment at this time, but I'm giving away mentorship and time um, and some coaching. So as an angel investor, like that's, that's some financial capacity that you've built up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, one of the things I say to people in terms of a, a, a three-step to get where you want to in life um, you know, build your expertise. You know, we can all, you know, in this digital world, we can all slap a banner on ourselves and a title and say we're an expert. But you know, maybe it comes from being a lawyer and and we practice law and it's a, a profession which is got built in lifelong, um, you know, say curiosity and and desire to learn and improve your skills and expand your knowledge. So really build your expertise. Build your network because, you know, expertise without a network doesn't go anywhere or it doesn't go as far as uh, sort of like a startup or an entrepreneur, you know, building something in a garage and not telling anyone about it. Yeah, that doesn't work anymore. You, you need to share it. You know, ideas without a network, you know, they're just, they're just going to fall flat, mm-hmm. pure and simple. The third piece is build your bank account. And there is a tendency to sort of think we need more in life in terms of consuming more uh, or you know you know you hear sort of the go back to the FOMO you hear the the oh well at your age I you know had a house or did this or whatever or it's oh I've had this car for two years I need a new car take a big step back and say what is it that I want to do and what is it that how I want to lead my life and what is you know the financial kind of balance and all of that and be really 
cognizant of the choices you're making. Uh, I worked with a lot of attorneys and a lot of, I want to say, very successful A-types, you know, now that I live in New York City, and there was a tendency to increase a lifestyle based on a paycheck or a bonus. Well, that all that does is tether you continuously to a desk and perhaps an opportunity, a job you don't necessarily want, rather than saying, you know what, I want to bank this, not just in the retirement sense, but in the yes, me fund. Yes, at some point I want to do something else. And is it is it that I want to take a job that's going to pay me less initially, but I can afford to do that because I live my lifestyle a certain way? Is it a yes, me fund because I want to you know, turn my side hack into see if I can, you know, make it into a full time job and I'm going to need a year of my rent being paid and all the rest of it to do that. Is it a yes me fund so I can invest in in early stage investments? Like really take a look at that. I mean, people who know me always laugh because one of my um, I want to say celebrity crushes <laughs> is Warren Buffett, which yes causes a lot of people to like laugh. And the reason I have such enorm an enormous crush on Warren Buffett is because he knows how and where he needs to live and lead his life to produce his best work. And that goes down to, you know, what he orders when he picks up McDonald's on his way to the office to the home he lives in and has always lived in, could he afford something much more, uh, you know, magnificent and, um, I don't know, something that the rest of the world thinks a man of his stature should live in? Of course. What does he choose to do? He chooses to live in the house that he bought that suits him. And so that's the like the, the bank account. The other part in the bank account one is, and it ties back into the network and building your network. You know, some people may be in roles that don't pay a lot. That's where your network comes in handy mm-hmm. in the sense that can other, will other people step up and do things for you? Hey, babysit my kids on Friday night and I'll code your website. Like where can you barter in exchange? Where have you built a bank account? where other people want to help you and will do so in an exchange kind of way that may help you get to your next thing. I also want to touch on one thing on your question that uh, wasn't raised because I think, you know, early stage companies, this is sort of me speaking to the startups up there, out there who are listening to your podcast, they need to be very respectful of the advice and the guidance that they are give, being given by mentors and advisors. A lot of what you were describing and what you're doing for early stage companies is, is also what angel investors do. We are not just writing a check. We're not an ATM machine. Part of the reason why you angel invest is, yes, you're looking for outsized returns, but you're also looking to share and help and guide and mentor. And sometimes people are also doing that and maybe doing more to create value, even though they haven't written a check. And that's where I look at startups and say, you know what, if you have someone who is continuously, you know, opening doors and giving advice to you, then you better have an equity pool for those people. Right. and and where is, you know, the 0.25% that you're putting aside for um, people who are advisors? And 
who are mentors and who are consistently doing things. Because also, too, further up the food chain, when you come to someone like me as an investor, you know, it says something about you as a startup founder mm-hmm. in terms of how, how you're treating the community that's getting you where you need to go. And if you're not, you know, really treating those people well, or you've got a bunch of superficial mentors and advisors who you're giving away equity to and they're not doing anything. I mean, again, this is something about the startup and who they are, uh, what kind of leader, what's their ability to execute, you know, and are they a decent, kind human being? Slightly off your question, but I had to toss it in there. (laughs) No, I absolutely, no, that was a great answer. And I can go in 85 directions with your answer because it was so rich. So I was like, where, where could I go with this? Because you're right, Kelly, you know, and I, and I have worked with angel investors in different capacities because of the nature that I'm in within the education system and as, uh, an incubator founder and mentor. And you're absolutely right. I mean, these angel investors have so much to give other than money. And, you know, we do try and help our, our, our I guess our mentees to understand that, you know, they are not an ATM. They're, there's so much more to that. Um, so it's, you know, I have great respect for you and uh, the others as part of the angel community. And I think there's, there's a lot in what you said too, in terms of just the focus and the discipline um, for those doing a a side hustle uh, with their daytime job. I mean, I have a lot of friends out there who are, have a full-time job, which, which is a great paying job, but then they're doing these side businesses as well. And when you talked about money and that financial balance um, and being tethered to a desk, I think what's happening is that people are, they're losing the sight of why they're doing this side hustle. And a Mm. lot of times it's to, really uh, support their this lifestyle that they want. So, you know, the, their full-time job acts as enough resources to keep the household going. And this high, side hustle is for for this this lifestyle that they've been dreaming of having, which I challenge. I challenge a little bit because it, we've I think that they've lost the focus. And mm-hmm. there's nothing in that network. There's no nurturing of a network at that point. Um, it's It's almost sometimes for the wrong reasons. And not all of them are like that. But I've, I find that people are misled by a lot of these, you know, secondary careers. Right. Well, and, and I think we're at an interesting, just a really interesting point economically where, um, you know, wh- what are our aspirations for the ownership of things, whether that's a house, whether that's a car, you know, we have, we have so many sharing you know, sort of asset sharing platforms now. It's like, well, why do I need that? I can just, you know, rent it, borrow it, use it, share it when I need it. Therefore, I don't need to physically own this. Do we have the same aspirations anymore, you know, continue to have the same aspirations as to um, space? Uh, You know, do we really need, you know, does anyone really need to live in a, you know, 50,000 square foot home? You know, those kinds of things that you sort of, uh, you think about, you know, it's sort of interesting. I think about things like the the just um, explosion of uh, e-commerce platforms f- dealing with, um, you know, consignment of designer goods. Now, is this 
people shedding stuff or we're just like, oh, we consume so much. We don't have closet space. I, it just we're, There's sort of an interesting friction going on right now for me. And I'm interested where it falls out. Are we having a shift in behavior? Therefore, that is a shift with which what happens with the economy or, you know, is it, you know, just going to be the same old patterns repeating themselves. Um, just, well, it, it's, this is interesting. It is because, and I'll tell you from my experience with students, right? Because I have multiple generations within one classroom and, you know, I'll have Gen Z, which is the the youngest generation in the classroom, all the way to baby boomers. And I will say that the millennials are probably more of the consumer mindset, uh, just consumption and not necessarily going to what you were talking about in terms of asset sharing platforms, which I think is is brilliant and we're getting there. Gen Z is doing a good job of bringing that to the forefront more and more. They're more conservative with money. Um, they're a little bit more risk conscious. Um, and so it, it's it's a really interesting shift from one generation to the next um, when when a lot of people don't see much of a difference between the two. Right. And, and some, of it, some of it you go, is it going to be with age? Right. Oh. Yes, right? exactly. Does it, does it just, just the point that you know, whether you were a baby boomer, you know, uh, Gen X, Gen Y, you know, Gen Z, you know, you hit 30 and, you know, you sort of become part of the establishment spending a certain of way. Just, yes. Just, just in terms of like the way companies operate and, you know, these, it's just, it's just intriguing to me and it will be interesting to see, but, you know, more importantly, I think people need to, you know, you need to look inward and say what it is, what is it that I need and I want? And the only sort of you know, benefit of hindsight that I have, you know, at my ripe old age of 52 is, you know, you looking, looking back is sort of saying, all right, how many, how many decisions in life are you making based on what other people, society, family expects you to do rather than listening to yourself? Right. And the more uh, the more you can listen to what it is that you want and use that as your guiding principle, I think the happier you'll be. And frankly, I think the more successful. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. And that is that's what drives me to have these discussions about our capacity, because, you know, we have a finite amount of capacity and we need to be extremely discerning and mindful as to where we're spending that capacity, and where we're allocating it. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, th- this is this is why I'm so passionate about it because I have overcommitted. I've given my capacity into areas that, you know, I really shouldn't have. And so it's it's reeling that back in. And, mm-hmm. you know, where are these young Warren Buffets walking around? Like, do we not have any? <laughs> like these little <laughs> young Warren, where are they? We got to create some new ones. But yeah, well, and, and your, your, your point on capacity, because one of the things, you know, another sort of like Kellyism, things that I say to people is you, you have... In my opinion, you have three assets in life in terms of what is the most important thing. And you have your reputation, you have your network, and and that rests on time. Now, reputation and and you know um, your network, you know, those things can kind of come and go and ebb and flow. And you know, you can work hard and build a network and then people can disappear. You can you know, earn a great reputation and yeah, you can get knocked down on your knees and you guess what? You can earn it back. Time is finite. Mm-hmm. Right? And asking for someone else's time is asking for a finite resource. Yes. You can't give it back. You can't get it back. You can't, you know, there's studies have been done that, that actually giving people, you know, giving them more money 
or giving them more time. People want more time. Yes. So that, that, that point on capacity, like pay attention hmm. to what, what makes time fly beautifully for you. What, what is the time suck where you look at it and go, good God, if I asked someone to do this for me, what would my reaction be? Like be super conscious of that one. Cause once it's gone, it's gone. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I really hope my, you know, that's, that struck a nerve with me and uh, that was pretty powerful. And I'm, I'm hoping and trusting that struck a nerve with, with my listeners as well. And speaking of, of time, I mean, I just, I want to just, you know, also touch on what you're doing for other people and, and the mentoring network and, and the mentoring project that you have going on is an absolutely beautiful project. Um, it, you know, it allows people to think about we didn't get to where we are by ourselves. So how do we pay homage to those who have helped us? And I don't know if, if you want to, you know, take a couple minutes and talk about this project and uh, tell the listeners a little bit about it. I think it's great. I say, which of many I sort of these days I, I figure my my mentoring is exactly what I'm doing right now is <laughs> recording this podcast with you. It is uh, projects I have with the Canadian Digital Media Network and uh, their, you know, I'm saying, what is it now? 27 um, innovation hubs across uh, Canada that they support and, you know, how and when I get to those hubs to mentor and do things, uh, you know, and spread the build your dream network gospel of, of Kelly. There's all the places online where I share information. I mean, for me, I put out, you know, some people may say it's marketing. Yeah, it is marketing when I put out a weekly newsletter, but it is also mentoring. Uh, I try and provide an insight, some nugget I'm hoping that will help someone else because my ability to have, you know, a regular mentor relationship is is fewer and far between these days. It's why I will do activities like uh, mentor through the Girls Geek Club at the YWCA in New York. And yeah, now my my little project that I realized when you start writing down who's helped you, and and then then really think of mentoring that way. Who's given you a great piece of advice? Um, who's you know said yes? Let's meet. I'll I'll give you the information. Whatever the case may be, when you start sort of sitting down and stacking that up. You know, for me, it was pretty awe-inspiring when I did that. And I realized that so many people who had helped me are also very accomplished uh, authors. And yeah, my big project this year is every week, I'm going to be sharing a mentoring story through my newsletter and then through all my social sites and giving away copies um, of their books to, as, as a way of really publicly thanking them uh, and in sharing, sharing people, you know, hopefully a side of them that, you know, maybe it re I think it reinforces what most people know about them, uh, but also um, really shining a light on, you know, beyond the accomplishment, the fact that these people are, you know, really caring, considerate, uh, want others to succeed types. And uh, maybe we'll get more people mirroring that behavior. Um, that's my hope at the end of the day. Well, I am happy to support that because I find what you're doing is extremely inspirational. And whenever I go onto LinkedIn, I kid you not, you are probably eight out of 10 times the first one that appears right on, right on my, <laughs> my news feed. And it makes me smile because I, I really do, uh, I, I do admire you and uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing and uh, that mentorship through 
unconventional ways, if you will, uh, you know, it definitely is spreading mindfulness of appreciating people and, uh, and really doubling down on what you want and who you are. And so mm-hmm. I, I am grateful for you. I'm, I'm grateful our paths have crossed, Kelly. So I, mean, I know we're doing this uh, as a recording and, and having a conversation. You can't see my face at the moment, but I am <laughs> grinning ear to ear like the Cheshire cat. So thank you. Oh, well, I'm mirroring it. So we must be feeling it because I can't see you either. But yes, I, <laughs> I am smiling ear to ear. It's been such an honor and such a pleasure to have you. And, and I thank you very much for your time, uh, thank, which, which is precious. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for um, really seeking out my insights and, and wanting me to share them with your listeners. It's an absolute pleasure. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks again. And we will uh, we'll chat soon, Kelly. Thank you. All right. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Capacity Creator is produced by me, Melanie Sadka, and recorded by the amazing team at Hive Studios in Hamilton, Ontario. For more information on Capacity Creator, please visit capacitycreator.com or check out the Facebook page. 